Well, uh, that wasn't shocking. Uh, that wasn't anything I expected to go well. Um, so, Merry Christmas, Knicks fans. That was your warm-up for Christmas Day. Let's get into it. Episode 597 of the pod. Let's go. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. Let's get to it. Anthony for three. Yankees may have won, but <laughs> the Knicks didn't. Uh, well, the Yankees did take a big loss a couple days ago. And we'll talk more about the Yamamoto stuff in, in a different episode. I know we said we'd have that out. We will soon. Uh, it's the holidays. you got to understand I've been busy. But um, we're talking Knicks in this episode of BD4, episode 597 of the podcast. Welcome. I'm your host, RJ. And um, we're getting right into this one. The Knicks lost. This afternoon, I, I'm so used to saying last night, yesterday, a couple days ago, because I usually record at least 24 hours later. But since this was an afternoon game, I have the time to set everything up and get my notes in order. So we're recording this the night of the game. Um, the Knicks just this past afternoon um, took a very brutal 130-111 beating. Um at Madison Square Garden against the Bucks, where um yeah they lost to the Bucks like clockwork as the title of this episode reads um one thirty to one eleven at the Garden early on in the first quarter Isaiah Hartenstein picks up two early fouls and kind of like an indication of how the Nick defense was gonna go um you had Brunt uh, Brunt I was gonna say Brunte Goddamn, because I'm Brunson and Dante. All right. Uh, they both got hot in the first quarter a little bit. Um, but the Knicks were just playing no three point defense, of course. And and they lose the first 36 to 27. So despite the good offense, couldn't really enjoy it because they were playing good defense. Randall started getting to the line early second quarter, but still no defense. Um, Portis got hot. Him and Randall were kind of, you know, going back and forth a little bit. That was a little fun. Um, Beasley started hitting, um, Nick shot making started to fall off a little bit in the period defense worsened as that happened. So it wasn't pretty, but Brunson had a massive end to the, uh, second quarter where he was getting to the line and then he knocks down that buzzer beating jumper 
Um, that was initially ruled a three. I think they changed it to a two. So the Knicks enter the half down 62-54. And uh, third quarter comes. The Knicks continue playing zero defense out of the gate. They're helping off the three-point line, and Brunson knocks down another late jumper in the period to keep the Knicks alive, 187 after three. But the fourth quarter of this game got out of hand very quick. Uh, kind of just a waste of time. So the Knicks went through a stretch in like the first half of the first quarter where they missed eight consecutive shots. And as soon as that started happening, I was you know kind of checking out. I was like, okay, it's over because you can't do that against this Milwaukee Bucks offense. Um, and so the Knicks would lose 130 to 111. So they were minus 9% from the field than the Bucks. They were 19% worse on the three-point line. They were 17% better on the free-throw line. They got out-rebounded by 12. They had eight less assists. They had one more stock, steals and blocks, than the Bucks. And they were uh, they had three less turnovers than the Bucks. But um, that's your little summary of the game. I want to hit on some important talking points, okay? Um, and, and I think the first thing we should talk about was how bad the Knicks defense was because, yeah, it wasn't... Again, this... Listen, the Knicks were playing quality defense heading into this game. Great. Uh, I mentioned in the last episode I didn't buy it, um, especially heading into this series. We can call it a series because they have two in a row against Milwaukee now. Um, where they're just, they're just, they're a terrible matchup for the Knicks. This is a bad matchup size-wise, depth-wise. The Knicks have a guard-heavy roster. And that was made blatantly clear uh, today. You know, when you play a team with size, that's going to be obvious. And that's how they lost. Uh, the two key reasons mismatches on defense and rebounding, right? The Knicks, uh, I mean, you go through the entire rotation. Nobody really was able to defend very well. Um, the Knicks try their best to hide Brunson. You can't hide Brunson on a team like this, who's got this much size. And they, they, they tried to, you know, on, on Beasley. They tried to put him on the, the weakest weapon in the starting five. But they still found a way to pick on him. Beasley went for, I think, 19 points. Um, and, you know, when, when Jalen Brunson had to help and then recover to Beasley, he had no shot because Beasley would just shoot right over him. Um, there were times when Beasley just used his strength on Brunson. Brunson's just too little to be able to cheat that far off and then expect to close out effectively. And it, it just burnt him. And he's, yeah, you know, we've talked last year about it, how, like, the R.J. Randall-Brunson trio, great offensively, very scary defensively. Now, R.J.'s stepped up on that defensive side. But Randall and Brunson together, it's it's a problem. Um, and Brunson's amazing. He's my guy. He's the best player on the Knicks. He's the savior of the franchise. He is. Think about those words. He actually fits that definition um but he's an issue defensively and 
you know, Becky Hammond as much as we want to attack her. Um, who, you know, by the way, you know, I went on her last time. I have a lot of respect for her. She was a great coach with the Spurs. I think she's coaching the Aces now in WNBA. It's what I heard after, um, after I, after I made that little monologue last episode, I looked it up. Um, but listen, dude, she, she's not again. Like I said during that, she's not wrong. Like it's a problem that he's small. Uh, and the Knicks are going to have to figure that out. And that's why I'm very hesitant on the whole Donovan Mitchell thing, because that's a backcourt that could be very, very, very bad at the point of attack. So Brunson wasn't good. He also got just three rebounds. Dante DiVincenzo couldn't contain Damian Lillard at the point of attack. Um, it's the same old story with Dante on the ball. Not great defensively on the ball. He also had just two rebounds. R.J. Barrett, listen, he was being pushed off his spots pretty easily by Chris Middleton. You know, Middleton, he's too big for R.J. Barrett. R.J. is usually one of our few true wings who can match up with opponent wings pretty well. He can hold his own defensively because he's got that size. But this is one of the rare teams where Middleton, who can play up to four, is way too big and strong for R.J. Barrett, and you saw that. Um, Randall, how often do we say he's getting over uh, overpowered? He doesn't have the strength to contain Giannis with his momentum going to the basket like that. You know, when Giannis is going downhill, the Knicks have to send help on him. The problem when the Knicks send help at him is then they become vulnerable to corner kickouts, which Milwaukee does not miss. Um, I mean, how many times today do the Knicks get burnt at the point of attack because they had they had to help off the corners and penetration to stop the middle? Countless. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein had trouble right out of the gate, as we mentioned, containing Brook Lopez, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Taj Gibson had to come into the game very early and defend Giannis. <laughs> that says all you need. Um, in the second quarter, you know, Tibbs had to run iHeart with four Nick guards behind him because there he was trying to match Julius's minutes with Giannis, and the Knicks were just annihilated on the glass in the second period, seventeen to eight. Um, I was glad when I saw seventeen eight because the eye test felt like they were annihilated, and I was like, let me just look it up to make sure I'm seeing the right things, and it made me feel good that I was watching, you know, the right things, and yeah. So, you can't afford to give away free possessions to this team. You know, Josh Hart struggled. He, he couldn't contain Portis on the post. Um, he was posted him all night, all afternoon, I should say. Um, Hart also had just two rebounds. And when you're a guy who's going to play the way Josh Hart does... Can't happen. Quinton Grimes was too small for Chris Middleton. You saw issues there. Dante, same thing. Um, two rebounds for Grimes. Two rebounds for Quickly. So, all in all, yeah, the Knicks played very poor point-of-attack defense. 
They struggle there. Um, their contests were awful. Weak closeouts. Scrambling in rotation with, you know, Milwaukee's quick ball movement. It's hard to rotate. Overhelping off the corners. Rebounding problems because they're undersized. So you give a top three offense extra possession on top of extra possession. Not going to help. Um, now, a lot of people had problems with the scheme. The Knicks probably get beat either way versus this team. Um, they do. Let's just they they get beat no matter what defense they run. Um, Tibbs can throw anything at them. The Knicks probably lose the game. In today's game, they ran mostly drop coverage again, with help from the corners. And I get that. Like I I I understand you don't want to. You know, you don't want to bring Taja Gibson played 15 minutes today. So you don't want to bring, you know, damn near 40 year old Taj Gibson to the level uh, on a one four pick and roll with Damon Giannis. <laughs> That's not ideal. Um, Giannis is fantastic downhill, so you have to worry about the middle. You know, Milwaukee is is very efficient off their drives. I also understand that on the few instances where the Knicks did bring their bigs up and blitz the pick and roll. It didn't work. Um, you know, you saw Dame, he gets right by Taj and IQ late in the third in the late in the first quarter. You saw in the second half, I um Iheart. He was beat on the roll with Portis in the third quarter. There was also another possession late in the third where Iheart was beat by Damian Lillard. Randall was beat by Giannis in the second half a couple times playing up on pick and roll. So it's important to acknowledge that part, that when the Knicks did blitz, they got hurt a little bit. But I also think it's important to acknowledge that what Milwaukee's biggest strength is. Right? I feel like the Knicks, Tom Thibodeau should have tried switching it up. I know it's a broken record. I know it's not going to happen. Because like they left the three-point arc wide open versus a team who is known to knock down three-pointers at a very high and very efficient clip. It's what Milwaukee does best. Their top 10 in makes, takes, percentage. They are an elite three-point shooting team. Um, they're not much of a paint scoring team outside of Giannis. And again, I get it. Giannis is a pretty big deal. Him scoring in the paint like he does is like three different guys in one because he's that good. But overall, it's still a nine-man team. And Milwaukee doesn't score in the paint at a high volume as a team. They don't drive and finish often. They don't even drive and kick often either. They shoot the three-point ball. They're also seventh in the NBA in effective field goal percentage on pull-up jumpers. So (laughs) what is a drop defense's biggest weakness? The three-point shot and a pull-up jumper. So I'm I'm not going to kill Tom Thibodeau too much because again Milwaukee kills you either way I just wish that we'd sometimes see what that alternative could have been a little more because I feel like we don't experiment with that side enough it's usually one coverage drop coverage you know 70% of the time and that's being nice so that's that's my whole those are my thoughts regarding the defense um I have some things to say about the offense when we return from break. We're going to head to break right now, and we'll be back in a few minutes.
Stay with us. We appreciate you sticking around and listening so far. When you have a chance, be sure to open YouTube to subscribe, like, and comment. And if you're already watching on YouTube, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. We appreciate your feedback and are always looking to improve. Now, with that all said, let's get you back to the show. You can also find us on social media. If you'd like, you can follow BD4 on Facebook, and we're at BD4Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We appreciate you helping us grow more and more every day. Let's get back to it. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 597 of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. I'm your host, RJ. So, um, yeah, th- this... The defense obviously was bad, 130 points. The offense wasn't really great either. 111 points, 31% from three, only 17 assists. That That is an awful number. There was a lot of my turn, your turn, Brunson, Randall, quickly. Like, and Brunson was fantastic. He had 36 points. Randall found it, and he figured it out. 26 points, shot fine. Those both two, both of them have seemed to figure out how to play off of each other pretty nicely in the last month or two, month and a half, I would say. You know, after after the first couple of weeks, they're finding a, a groove together. Um, but there's just all season, let's be honest, there's not really been help outside of those two. There, there's not been consistent help, and that's why the Knicks have a mediocre record. Um, you look at Milwaukee. Right, uh, they they have consistent help every single night behind Giannis and Dame. The Knicks have Dante, who's been the most consistent scorer, not named Julius or Jalen, but who who else? Like RJ's not been consistent, and he's a high usage player. Grimes, uh, the guy's averaging. He has nights where he scores zero, two, three, zero. Like, he doesn't move. He doesn't cut. He's not. He doesn't make good impact offensively. Josh Hart, not an offensive weapon in the half court. Even today, not being aggressive on three pointers. That hurt. We talk about that plenty. Um, so, you know, you, you got Randall, Brunson, and Dante. And when Brunson and Dante are off the floor, now the Knicks have to rely on quickly as their best three-point shooter, and he's very streaky. You know how quickly he is. So I feel like the Knicks need to find other ways to score when the three-point ball is not working. This season, they are 2-9 and nine when they shoot below 35% rounded, uh, and 15-3 and three when they are at or above that mark. So it's very hit or miss. You know, they, they went from... Being a terrible three-point shooting team last year to a good three-point shooting team this year, I give them credit, but now they have to find out how to be effective elsewhere. You know, I feel like last year they were pretty okay in the paint. Um, this year they've not been the same there. Um, but And it's also the defense. Like They're not a good defensive team. They're just not 
that good defensively. And they've been really bad without Mitchell Robinson. And the bench has started to fall apart a little bit. They've been bad lately. Now, it's not ironic when two of your four bench players move to the starting unit. Iheart and Dante. So now, quickly, seems to be in a position where he's kind of got to look for his own shot a lot more. And he's doing a lot of over-dribbling and... He has these James Harden-like possessions when he was with the Rockets. You know what I mean? Especially when you go up against defenses that are going to put length on him. You often see that. where when, when teams have length and they throw that on IQ, he's got issues creating open space. Because he relies on his dribble so much and... Milwaukee was just able to take it away. Um, I also think that, again, I heart to the starting lineup. We need more than just a body at backup big because Taj Gibson isn't sustainable. Um, for now, it's it's whatever. You know, it's the best you can do. Uh, the Knicks actually just called up that kid to be their third string from their G League, but eventually when you move closer to trade season, whether they want to trade for somebody or use that, you know, $7, billion, uh, $7 million garbage money that they, that they might be granted from disabled aid, they have to do something. Um, and I saw this comment on Twitter that someone was, was asked, like, they wish we saw more Randall with the second unit, and I agree. Because, again, the eye test tells me it works. And the numbers will back it up. I believe they're positive. But, again, today I understand not doing that because Tibbs was trying to match Randall's minutes with Giannis since the Knicks literally have nobody else to match up with him. They don't have that size. Uh, And Randall was overall fine. You know, he got his switches. But you also had Giannis ready to bring help with Brooke Lopez on the back line ready to come up. So it was kind of hard for Randall to get going consistently in this game. Um, RJ hasn't even played well. He's usually one of the catalysts with the bench, him and Quickly. He's been abysmal. Uh, but that's nothing new, unfortunately. It's It's been a disastrous process from him lately. You know, I was listening to a podcast earlier today, Nick's Film School, and they were saying how... RJ is the only player on the Knicks who takes bad shots. And I'm, you know, I was kind of going against that at first. I was thinking about it, and I'm like, well, Brunson, Randall, quickly. But then I'm like, define bad shot. Because they may take those shots, but they take them... Like, they take them, and they make them. <laughs> they make those shots enough for them to be considered a good shot for them. RJ Barrett's consistently forcing bad looks at the basket and they never drop. Um, and how long has this been going on, right? Forever. I mean, this year it's been a problem since he returned from the migraine, you know, recently, you know, going to the rim with Walker Kessler down there at the start of the West Coast trip. You know, then, then he's going to the rim with Anthony Davis down there in the LA win, and, and and then today with Brooke Lopez, it's just it's it doesn't make sense. Like if you're RJ Barrett, 
you should probably at this point realize you should probably oh maybe you know as a below average finisher I should stop challenging elite rim protectors every on every one of my drives <laughs> it's it's and on the same podcast they were saying how RJ's playing like a six man and quickly is the one who should be starting and I'm like yeah you know what that's a good point like obviously you can't do that because of roster construct you're going to be too small um you know maybe you put hard a three that that's that is the Knicks best one to five but like at the same time you wouldn't have a point guard with the bench unit so uh, maybe you trade for DeJounte Murray right that's a conversation for a different day um you know we'll talk about that more if that article ends up being more than just an article but um yeah it's a lot of things aren't great um so they get exposed when you play teams who are great um and and so the Knicks listen they they just are who they are they're just not that team right now and I was on social media earlier today and I said something that maybe I was a little too harsh with the way I worded it because I was in the heat of the moment and the game was still on and the Knicks were still getting their shit kicked in. But, like, I was just saying something along the lines of it's nice to not suck. And I agree that national national media should give the Knicks some respect. But at the same time, it is important to find the middle, ironically, um, because like being in purgatory also shouldn't be celebrated like it's the finals, right? And the Knicks are stuck in purgatory. They are in mediocrity right now. And until they're able to use all of these assets and picks that Leon has compiled, nothing should really be celebrated. So there, there's much, there's so much more work to do on this team. It's not even funny. Um, the Knicks aren't close to this Bucks team. They're not close, and that's a problem because you want them to be close to this Bucks team because they're eventually going to have to get through them if the Knicks want to find their way to glory eventually. Now they're not in that super uh, that that finals or bust window yet, but for them to get into that window, they need the media's favorite talking point need a superstar, right? And all these Knicks fans coddling their young players and blaming the head coach. It's like, guys, you have nothing worth keeping here. Really. Like, besides Brunson, who the hell is worth keeping if a star becomes available in a trade? You know? Who is worth saying, oh, he's an untouchable to? Quinton Grimes, who averages five fucking points? Like... R.J. Barrett, who is in year five, and he's basically the same player he was as a rookie. Emmanuel Quickly, he's not that special. I'm not paying Quickly starter money. I not like I would trade him yesterday if the right offer came. I'm sorry, I know that's very unpopular. I I think he's good, but I think you know. Knicks fans love to jump at every chance they get when he has a big game and go crazy about it. I think he's a good player. But I don't think it's anything beyond that. I don't think he's a starting player on this team. Um, he wants to be a starting point guard. He just, he can't. Not here. Now, if the Knicks can find a veteran point guard off the bench and they could slide quickly to two, yeah, sure. But I don't see that happening. 
Mitchell Robinson, I, I, he's not an untouchable. The guy can't stay healthy. Every year he leaves us in this position. Great defense, great offensive rebounder, great screener. But he's hurt all the time. And he's not great on the offensive end as a scorer. He kills the spacing, doesn't score the ball. Like, none of these guys, Josh Hart, like, I know he can't be moved because of the new CBA, but, like, none of these guys are worth, like, I'm not saying they're all bums. They're not. They're they're okay. They're role players, right? So, they're all, what I am saying is they're all replaceable. They are replaceable as hell. And I would not hesitate one second to move 14 of the 15 players on this Knicks roster. So, you know, like Phoenix was a nice win. Miami was a fun win. The Lakers was cool the other night to go and do that there at Staples. Rivals, national television, these comebacks are all fun. But outside those few games, like the Knicks really have no wins against legitimate top-of-the-conference contenders. Right? They haven't even played Philadelphia yet. They're already 0-3 against Boston. Some terrible blowouts there. They're now 0-3 versus Milwaukee. Some terrible blowouts there. A blowout loss to Minnesota. And you got MB dropping 30-15 and 15 every single night now. Just wait till they have to play Milwaukee. I'm sorry. Like, I can only get so excited beating mediocre teams. At some point, I need something. At some point. But this is where we are. The Knicks are here until they aren't. And hopefully that comes pretty soon. Um, We're going to head to break. When we get back, we'll wrap it up with our game balls. And then our trivia. Stay with us. Be right back. If you have time in the day, or maybe just prefer old-fashioned reading over listening, then you can always follow along and subscribe to BD4Blog by going to bd4blog.com. We're not on there as often, but when we do post, it's just as entertaining, opinionated, and passionate as we are on this podcast. Thank you so much. And let's keep on with the show. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Merry Christmas. You are listening to episode 597 of BD4. And, um, you know, the Knicks take a tough 130-111 loss against the Milwaukee Bucks this afternoon. They took it. Let's wrap this up. Um, no, wait. We still have to hand out our bing-bong balls. Um, I'm giving the, the one uh, amongst the starters to Jalen Brunson. Bing bang. Brunson today, 36 points, 7 assists, 
Um, 58% from the field. 60% from three. I believe he was three for five. Um, and he continues to score like a madman. Now, if there's anything positive to take away from this, is that Brunson drops 36 points two days after the yapper yapped <laughs> on ESPN. Um, he's been great. I mean, his Bream was mentioning it early on to the footwork he has, uh, the patience. It's incredible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and all that talk about, like, Randall having the better year, I was like, that. that's a conversation you could have last episode. I think I was in a good mood. <laughs> Brunson's the guy. Um, Becky. Um, yeah, continues to do his thing. He's averaging 26 points per game this year, by the way. But, yeah, that's his 10th game ball of the season. He's now right there behind the guy we're going to get into next, Emmanuel Quickly. Um, Emmanuel quickly. I, I, the only, this is one of those process of elimination ones. Um, he was bad today, but so was everybody else on the bench and quickly led with seven points. So I guess I give it to him and he kind of gets that, 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 um, advantage since he's the best one. Uh, I will say he had some nice moments defensively and he also knocked down that floater over Brooke Lopez in the middle of the second quarter when it kind of seemed like Milwaukee was starting to pull away. Quickly knocks down the floater, keeps the Knicks afloat. No pun intended. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's it. The Knicks lose a tough one, 130-111 to at the Garden against the Bucks, And uh, I, I guess we'll wrap this one up short. We'll get to our trivia, and that'll be that. Let's get to it. All right, so to wrap this thing up, we are going to get to our trivia. And in this episode, our trivia question is, for episode 597, what year was it the last time the Knicks won two straight against the Milwaukee Bucks? What year was it the last time the Knicks won two straight against the Milwaukee Bucks? So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me if you get the answer correct. I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode, but that's it. That's all. Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope you and your family enjoy this Christmas. Um, I hope you're enjoying the holiday season, whatever you do celebrate. And, yeah, enjoy it. Spend it with the ones you love. Spend it with your family, your friends, whoever you usually spend these days with. And um, have a good next couple of days. Watch Christmas movies. Eat good food. I was watching Home Alone today. I watched Elf. The Grinch was just on. Now Family Guy's playing, but probably going to watch something else. Maybe I, I watched Charlie. I was watching a lot. I watched Charlie Brown Christmas. I might watch that again tonight before I go to bed. I'll watch something before I go to bed. Um, but yeah, as I'm recording, it's Christmas Eve Eve. And I should have this episode out by Christmas Eve. So... Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to wrap this up here because I hear noises outside my window and it's probably the raccoons in the trash can. So, all right.
<laughs> Thanks, everybody. Episode 597 of the books. I'll see you in 598. That'll be after Christmas when we're talking about the Knicks losing their second straight game to the Bucks on Christmas. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor. Hey there! If you stayed the entire way through, we thank you immensely for it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come back for the next episode real soon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, download these episodes, and share them with your friends as well. BD4 is a five-star podcast simply because of you. And we'd like to keep it that way. Have a wonderful day. Go Yankees and go Knicks.